0: Shift is the podcast of collective discovery. We support people to collaborate and make change together. This series shares learning and practice from organisations and funders who are part of the Listening Fund. Hello, and welcome to the Shift podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Mercy. So Mercy, in this episode, we will hear about different types of youth leadership and ambassador roles that youth organisations have created in order to work more consistently with young people. In this episode, we will hear from Mark, Vicky and Luam. Mark is from Prime Theatre, Prime Arts in Swindon, which helps young people to develop their creativity, social skills and to raise their voices. Mark will tell us about their Prime Ministers, a role they created around eight years ago, which they continue to evolve. Vicky is from Big Leaf Foundation in Surrey, which works with displaced young people to combat social isolation. She will tell us about their Young Leaders programme. And finally, we will hear from Luam, who is originally from Eritrea and is a youth ambassador for Kent Refugee Action Network, CRAN. Luam has progressed from being someone who accessed the service through a trainee role to being a Crown Ambassador. I spoke to Mark from Prime Theatre about their Prime Ministers.
1: Our Prime Ministers started as an initiative about eight years ago. We noticed that even though uh, young people were engaging in our activities, they weren't being represented either on staff or in those making decisions about what the young people engaged with. So we invented Prime Ministers as a way of them communicating with us, sharing decisions, sharing wants, needs. And they were elected from the youth theatre, which was the majority of the young people we engaged with at that point. Now we engage with loads of young people outside of traditional youth theatre activity as well. So Prime Ministers is going through an interesting change. We're still finding the sweet spot in, in terms of numbers. So there was one point where there were 20 of whom... I think like ten could have been under ten. We actually had some six year old prime ministers at one point. It just meant that the level of interaction with the older, more experienced, more empowered young people was somewhat diminished by the lack of experience with the younger ones. So the younger ones they got really excited by deciding what color hoodies the staff were going to wear. They weren't that excited about what kind of scripts or what is the ethnic background of artists that we should be working with for full representation so in recent years we've made sure that actually our prime minister's cohort probably is around 14 plus and that is a flexible cutoff point because some young people are ready earlier or ready for development earlier but part of their remit is that they interact with every age group their activities touch we grew we shrank we're probably growing again now and making sure that youth voice in as many ways as possible not just a younger trustee not just a prime minister is apparent and active through most of our program where I think will be is around six to eight so that they feel that they can actually be heard in a room
0: so I asked mark what impact the Prime Ministers had had.
1: The most important things were recruitment processes changed because of engaging with young people as to what they needed and what they thought. So that there is a lot more empowerment and ownership with members of staff by young people. I chose them. I decided that they were good enough to work with me. And I decided the things that they said were important to them and their values resonated with me. They seemed to care about me and where I live and what I do. That, I think, has been the most impactful, where their decisions has visibly made a difference to who's in the room doing stuff. It's really important to decide why you're doing it and actually what the what is as well. Because a lot of people start, and I think we did, why do we need youth voice and youth faces in our organisation? And the answer was, oh, because it's missing. And it was like a light bulb moment. We can't genuinely uh, represent young people. We can't genuinely do that. They need to be with us. But I don't think we got past the why. What are they going to do is a different thing. Please come and work with us. And these are the things that you will do. And this is the change that we will make. And we find that young people are really happy and more likely to succeed when that exchange is clarified. Please join us for this recruitment process for the next youth theatre director, because by the end of it, you will have influenced who is in charge of this programme. Full stop. It's done. We started with um, the internal voice of young people affecting change within Prime, the example being small scale hoodies, the name of groups, um, and then larger scale, more influential. What shows shall we do? Who are the directors and creators that you'll want to work with even bigger Um what areas or communities that we're not engaging with that you think we should over the next three years. So part of our bid to the listening form was how can we help other arts organisations in Swindon be better? And probably the best way is for our young people to tell them how they improved us and how they might be able to improve themselves. You have to be really caring as that precious resource of a young person and their opinion. When do you allow other people to tap into it? There's genuinely a point in Swindon where young people, especially those from underserved groups or those who are looked after young people, got tired of being asked questions and not seeing end result. So we've been really careful in recent years about not allowing people who didn't have structures or understanding to access young people in their resource. But because I think we were caring, because young people told us when we'd made mistakes and therefore we got better, I think because of that, external partners have actually thought more before they come to us with a knee-jerk reaction as we need young people, let's go and prime and do it.
2: I had a chat with Vicky from Big Leaf Foundation and she told me about their Young Leaders Programme.
3: Big Leaf's been going for about, I think we're, we're in our fifth year now. And what we'd started to realise over the last couple of years as an organisation is that the young people that we were working with were staying with us. You know, they weren't necessarily coming and just doing programmes with us for six months, but they were deciding that they wanted to stay involved with Big Leaf in the longer term. And most of our programmes had really been about supporting displaced young people in the early stages of resettlement in the UK, rather than those kind of more progression routes and looking at what they were going to do in the longer term. And alongside that, we'd really started to notice that within our programmes, we had young people who were just showing natural leadership qualities themselves. So that might be that they were coming along to our football programme, for example, and they were naturally starting to step in and support newly arrived young people completely new didn't know anyone didn't know what to do and trying to help build their confidence in that space to join in the programs or that they were being a kind of a spokesperson for other people in the group as well so we sort of took all of those things together and thought actually we need to we need to start thinking about a program that's going to support those young people to develop those skills with us to give them something that's really supporting their progression as an individual but then also an opportunity, if they wanted to, to kind of take a more formal leadership role within Big Leaf, And we have a talk programme of about eight to 12 weeks. And in that programme, we're covering all sorts of different things like leadership, we're talking about legal rights, human rights, employment rights, so that they actually they have that knowledge and experience to keep themselves safe in their own lives, but also share that knowledge with other young people too. We talk about things like storytelling, We we do public speaking sessions, We do buddying and facilitation sessions and then we have a kind of mentoring programme element with it that really supports them with progression routes that they'd like to take. And it might not be that they want to do something with Big Leaf in the long run. It might be that actually the thing that they've decided that they want to use their newly found skills for is to go and volunteer for another organisation, another charity, that there's an issue that, that matters to them. I think sometimes we get into this trap of, thinking that everybody who is coming here is an asylum seeker, the main thing that they care about is the immigration system. And that's not to say that they don't care about the immigration system, but actually, you know, they're also people in their own right with things and issues that matter to them. So it might be the thing that matters to them is is actually cancer research because somebody in their family back home has died from cancer and actually that's something that they want to follow. It might be that the thing that matters to them is homelessness, you know, and actually seeing friends around them and people that they know are walking down the streets and seeing the people are homeless and that's what matters. So actually the progression routes from our Young Leaders Programme may or may not be stepping into a leadership role with Big Leaf, it might be stepping into something with another organisation.
2: I asked her to explore some of the key learnings that have come out from that journey. When we start considering those more outward-facing public speaking
3: events, it would always be a school um, or an organisation that we have a relationship with already. And we spend a lot of time with those partners talking through the experiences, our experiences, the experiences of our young people and what safeguarding means to us in that space and what what topics are on the table and what topics aren't on the table in those speaking events potentially. But we also spend time with the young people talking about their story, what they are and aren't willing to share and how to set boundaries. So being really, really clear that it's okay to set your personal boundaries we work with Surrey University School of Law and we work with their law students who are guiding the the human rights sessions and the employment rights sessions and at the end of each of those they always kind of say we learned so much we learned so much we had no idea that this was that this was their experience that this was an experience that people have in this country of their you know where their rights aren't being upheld either their human rights or their employment rights and wow, now I know this, this is something I can take forward into my own work and into my own practice in the future. And I think that's the thing that's been, you know, most exciting about it is seeing the young people realise how much knowledge and wisdom they already have and the skills that they already have. And actually, they just needed that uplift. They needed
0: to be told, yeah, I can, I can do this. So I spoke to Luan, who's an ambassador at the Kent Refugee Action Network, and I asked her to tell me a bit about her role.
4: So, my role in Kran is building connection and relationship with young people, and also beyond that in the community. And I work with local uh, agencies as well, like NHS and education um, sectors, uh, colleges, schools. And then um, I become a user ambassador because I have personal experience of being asylum seeker. And so I know the service because I used to access myself the service as well. And so I have experience. So many things like uh, the challenges with the education system, with health, and um, with employment.
0: I also asked her what the benefit had been to her of being an ambassador with CRAN.
4: It helps me to grow personally and professionally because I didn't feel confident as before. But the more I do attend meetings, the more I go to to present presentation schools, colleges, the more I feel confident. The more I feel like I can express myself freely.
0: And then because we're interested in the support that ambassadors receive, I asked how she was being supported by CRAN.
4: We had a um, meeting with my managers. She understands young people, you know. She knows me. I used to access the service as a young person.
0: Then I asked her whether other staff within CRAN turned to her and other young ambassadors for advice
4: they know we have more contact with young people they know we have been there so they always ask us questions even outside the meeting there was like, what do you think about this sometimes i feel like they know better than me because they've been they've worked for years and years there and so i feel like i have no idea i just share what i know um or sometimes I tell, oh, maybe so-and-so would know. Like so that I like to see myself as individual, even for someone who's from my country. They may have completely different experience who have been, done the same journey. So
0: I asked Luam for an example of when she's felt like her role has had an impact external to CRAN.
4: So we had... Refugee awareness week in London, we had a workshop and a lot of school across the UK they gathered after we asked them what do you like about today? And then they said, like seeing someone who actually is refugee, they've never seen someone from refugee background. I think sometimes people see them as sadistic than human beings because like 20 people arrived today, 30 people arrived. It gives me hope to see that there is a future young people going to be there to support and um, refugee asylum seekers. I think
0: hearing from Mark, I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, they've tried lots of different approaches and they've learned from them. I think it's really interesting. Most organisations in kind of ambassadors or youth steering committees or boards are not involving children as young as six. And even if Prime Theatre have sort of stepped back from that, I still think it's interesting, the learning about what you can involve young children in and what is meaningful to them. So I don't think what I took from that is don't involve young children. It's like young children really like to be involved in choosing the colour of hoodies. So involve them in that.
2: One of the things I took away from chatting to Vicky from Big Leaf was about Considering the outside context, what they're focused on is so sort of hostile and the experiences of the young people are, in many cases, so traumatic that it's not just as easy as saying, hey, do you want to be an ambassador? And sort of get getting them to tell this story in different contexts. But actually, there's real thought and intentionality that goes behind that. It's, there's like so much you could say about having young people that are there to kind of look pretty and shiny and kind of fundraise for you in being able to tell their stories really eloquently. But I think there's something so authentic about the journey that Big Leaf have have gone on with their young people to support them to do the work of being an ambassador in a way that is comfortable and safe for them.
0: Kent Refugee Action Network have come from a similar place The primary focus is in providing leadership and progression opportunities for young people who perhaps are not going to get that support or opportunities elsewhere. The kind of public role of the young leader or the ambassador is a secondary one. There's always this balance with ambassador, leader, kind of spokespeople roles of organisations having to take decisions with and for young people. When is saying no to an opportunity actually gatekeeping? And when is it actually that the experienced adult professional has a better understanding of, I don't know, the external context or the way a media interview could, like, go wrong? I mean, I wanted to ask you, Mercy, you have had these kinds of roles as a young person yourself, and and I wonder if it made you reflect on any of your experiences. The thing that I thought when listening to
2: this was that we don't talk enough about young people transitioning out of ambassador roles. So I have done similar activities to this in the past and I think have always felt a bit of a sense that I was letting people or, like, the organisation down by not being, being able to do these things because it's so tied to
0: that sense of giving back. It can be quite challenging. In this episode, we've heard about young ambassadors or young leaders where the organisation sort of knows the young people really well. I think national organisations and funders who maybe have open call-outs for young people to volunteer themselves really have to think about what is the level of support that you're offering that young person because normally at the local level, you know, those, that support and those relationships are already in place and all you're doing is kind of bringing them along into a slightly more formal role, I suppose.
2: Thanks to all our guests in this episode, Mark, Vicky and Luan. You'll find further information about our guests and links to further resources in the show notes. And if you have any feedback or ideas about what we could cover next, then please email us at collective at collectivediscovery.co.uk.